In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Growing up, my family and I would always attend Ash Wednesday Mass in the evening. It was simply better, considering my father's work schedule and our school schedule. So, therefore, I was used to going to Mass, receiving my ashes, going home, taking a shower, and going to bed. And the only time that I was in public with ashes on my forehead was the short walk from the church to my parents' car. So I went to college and, for the first time, attended Ash Wednesday Mass in the morning. And when I returned to campus, I was in the dining hall, and one of my friends, who was not Catholic, kept staring at my forehead. And she seemed very torn about whether or not to say something to me. And eventually, she decided to to mention to me, and she leaned forward and she said, you've got a little something on your forehead there. And I... I explained to her, I said, well, it's Ash. It's Ash Wednesday. And I just assumed everybody knew what Ash Wednesday was. And she looked completely puzzled and still thought I was crazy and had no idea what I was talking about. And it turns out, about as much as she knew about Lent was that it was a special time of year when McDonald's runs a two-for-one special on a filet of fish. And that's about all she knew. Now, it's critical that we realize, though, how strong a witness something as simple as wearing a splotch of ashes on our forehead can be because we, in that way, become billboards advertising something very foreign to our secular society. And that is conversion, this message of conversion and the message of death to self. Now, Ash Wednesday, coming up this week, reminds us that we're mortal and our own physical death is inevitable. However, we're also reminded of the call to conversion that we've all received beginning at our baptism. In our baptism, we die with Christ and are made anew in Him. But throughout life, we all fall prey to sin, and we must repent and return to our Lord for healing and forgiveness. Now, just like the leper in today's gospel, Jesus can heal us as well, primarily through the sacrament of confession and absolution. Now, in this sacrament, like in all the sacraments, Jesus is present, and he touches our souls. He heals us, and he brings us back into the community, back into the church, back into his body. Now, just like Jesus was able to heal the leper and thus return him to life in the community, he can do exactly the same for us and return us to our full life in the spiritual communion of the church. Now, the difficulty for us can lie in our failing to let go of our sins, and especially the guilt that we feel for having committed those sins. I remember growing up, my mother would always refer to placing on us a dose of good old Catholic guilt when we wouldn't do what she had asked us to do. And I think that many of us can can relate to that, and it sticks with us our whole life. And we tend to harbor the guilt and harbor our sins, and we don't always let them go. So I want to share with you three things that are crucial for you to think about any time you go to confession. And in fact, just any time in your life, think about these things and meditate on them. Number one, God loves you. God loves me. God loves you. He loves all of us. And all we need to do to believe this is simply consider the cross and consider what our Lord did for us. Jesus gave his life on the cross. 
He took on all of our sins once and for all. And we can see a certain parallel in today's gospel. Now Jesus meets a leper who found unclean, is unable to dwell in the towns, and is avoided by all. Now Jesus, upon healing this leper, shortly after, he takes on the plight of this man inasmuch as he was also unable to enter and dwell in the towns and villages. Now this was, of course, not because Jesus had contracted leprosy himself, but rather there occurs a certain reversal in the scriptures where Jesus must avoid others because they're flocking to him instead of avoiding him, but they're seeking him in droves and simply looking for cures and for signs and for wonders. Now the second point is that God forgives you. He really does. Now if we continue reading on in Mark's gospel, we read of another healing of Jesus right after the healing of the paralytic, the paralytic man that they lowered down through the roof of the house. Now, Jesus not only heals the man physically and helps him walk, but he also forgives him of his sins and he heals him spiritually so that he can run in the spiritual life. Now, he forgives his sins, so God forgives us, therefore we must learn to forgive ourselves. Because when we go to the sacrament of confession, those, we, we can let go of those sins. They are truly forgiven through the words of absolution in the ministry of the church. Now, my grandfather, back in Ohio when I was growing up, he had an old refrigerator in his basement. And it was very heavy and made out of metal because I think it was from the 1950s when they still made things out of metal. And it broke. And so I was helping him carry it up out of the basement. And we stopped about halfway up the stairs and he wiped the sweat from his brow And he said, holy cannoli, Bill. He said, this thing is heavier than a dead priest. (laughs) And and I I had no idea what that meant. I was very confused. And and I said, what what exactly do you mean? And he said, well, you know, those priests sit in the confessional and they hear everybody's sins. And they're carrying all those around with them when they die. So they're pretty doggone heavy. (laughs) I said, okay. And as, as theologically flawed as that is in one sense... My grandfather understood that when he went to confession, those sins were no longer his burden. He let go of them. Now, granted, they're not the priest's burden either, so I don't want to allude that that's the truth. But he knew that he could let it go and put it in God's hands, and God had forgiven him, and he could let it go. And so I encourage you all to do the same. Now, number three is you can have hope. The sacrament of reconciliation is not a one-time deal. It's more like an all-you-can-eat buffet of forgiveness and grace that we can go to as many times as we want and have our fill. And Christ designed it that way. It's there to help us, to help us grow in the spiritual life and help us on our path of conversion that we're called to. So I encourage you to use it and use it often. Now, the sacrament of reconciliation, coupled with prayer and and a worthy reception of the Holy Eucharist is one of our most powerful tools for conversion. So as we prepare for Lent and for the glories of Easter, I ask you to remember these three things that I've told you. Make them be your mantra throughout Lent. Get them tattooed on your arms so that you remember them at all times. They are, once again, God loves you, God forgives you, and you can have hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.